Hello and welcome to Blaze Pod. It's Thursday the 16th of December. My name is Ben and I'm joined, as always, by Andrew. How's it going, mate? All right, really. I'll keep my spirits up with all the news and stuff. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah, same, I suppose. I'm uh, counting down to Christmas now. Not not long left, although I've entered my annual mild panic that I've hardly bought any presents, such as how Oh, I'm the same. I'm the same. I, I never, I never ever know. For instance, like what to get to my mum or my nan, and um, I ask each other of them which one I should get, and they're just useless people. Honestly, <laughs> just absolutely useless. So yeah, I'm worried. <laughs> the fear. Well, we were going to be talking about. I hope we we wanted to be talking about QPR uh, and Sheffield United. But that got uh, got cancelled or postponed, I should say, um, frustratingly because that's kind of broken up any momentum that we were building a little bit because now yeah. the next game is obviously Fulham away on Monday, which is probably an automatic defeat. Like not to be too. And negative, also, but... with it being in London and all the the games being cancelled in that area, the I'm still a bit concerned that that might still get cancelled at this point because if. We could do be playing a northern team yes. <laughs> uh, this weekend by, by all the other uh, matches that have been cancelled. Yeah, we'll uh, keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, it means we go, I believe it's 31 days between home games. Being, mm. uh, I think Bristol City at home was on the 28th of November and uh, yeah. Hull is the 29th of December. Mm. And for me, obviously, uh, having gone through my self-isolation, the last home game I went to was Coventry. Feels yeah. already feels a hundred years ago. So, yeah, a long time between matches, mate. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll be watching. Uh, we'll be watching Fulham and uh, doing a podcast after that one, assuming it does indeed go ahead as planned. Um, Excuse so, me, sorry. <laughs> you are excused. In the gotcha. in the meantime, uh, I, I put it to the good listeners out there to hit us up with questions and hot topics to discuss on a. Uh, a mailbag episode of this podcast. So that's what we're going to do. We, we've had some fantastic questions. Um, mm. We'll try and answer as many as we can in uh, in the next hour or so. Uh, apologies if anybody's question doesn't get answered or we missed it out. There were a few that um, we've kind of folded into one because they were quite similar, mm. I suppose, to what other people have suggested as well. But um, yeah, without any uh, further delay, mate, let's let's get get powering through these, shall we? Um have you got any any preference on where you like to start? We'll, we'll save the quick fire ones right for the end, I think. But uh, yeah, well, you obviously sent me the questions that we chose. If you want to do them in, in as much order as you can to that, because that's what I've got uh, written up here. So fair dues, right? Well, we start transfer wise then. A lot, mm. lot of people had transfer related topics for us to discuss. Uh, everyone's a friend of the pod who sent in one of these, but friend of the pod in Parks says, being realistic, if you could sign three players in January. Who would they be? Feel free to pretend we have at least a bit of money yeah. for permanent signings. This well, is... go ahead. I just, 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 I'm just a little bit worried with all the COVID stuff going around at the moment, and, and uh, players sort of obviously going down with it and stuff. I'm more worried than ever now that Gibbs White might go back to Wolves just as before we start this because they might want as many players as they possibly can get to take us over this, you know, really tricky period that we look like we're coming up to. Maybe some some wild speculation dropped into the processor. Yeah, <laughs> I've just just a thought. No, nothing. No inside info. Just a theory that you know there are a lot of. I, I read an article in the Athletic where they were saying a lot of uh, Premier League clubs are going to start stockpiling players and not letting them out on loan, basically, uh, just in case they get hit by COVID and things like that. So, just a little worry to start us off with. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it's it's kind of relevant to this question because my answer is basically three three players. I, I I would like them all to be midfielders. <laughs> three midfielders and, uh, and and getting a uh, Morgan Gibbs White replacement in the building now uh, is actually that would be probably my top priority. I think because obviously best case scenario is he's only here for the rest of this season. Get yeah. that guy in the building now to uh, to replace him. I suppose if you if you're talking about a permanent signing, unless you're planning for Njai to be that player. Well, Eckingbottom did did mention this uh, in an interview earlier this week that I read, where he was talking about he's the he's the the natural successor uh, to Gibbs. Why obviously mm. got still lots to learn, but yeah, I mean he's shown. I say he's shown more than flashes actually. In fairness to him, since he has been in the team. Um, but to get that level of consistency that Gibbs White, I think that's a massive step up for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's obviously what probably three years behind him career-wise, isn't it? If not, uh, mm, if not age-wise, yeah. is he? In fact, he might actually be older than Gibbs White in general. He might be. Yeah, he might be. But obviously, as you said, Gibbs White's had at least three seasons <laughs> of uh, in and around the first team at Wolves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as to who that player is, I've absolutely no idea, and I'm I'm going out on a limb with uh, with a few of my suggestions here because they, mm. some of them are players I've not even seen play football very much at all. But they are players that jump out statistically. You know, full disclosure, I just went and uh, basically looked through some of the stats of players from different leagues and just saw which names are kind of jumping out. It's like, oh, they they are having good seasons. Uh, They may well slot into our midfield. Um, Of course, if you're picking a player that's had a good season, then their value is probably going to be at their peak as well, mm. so possibly not the greatest transfer policy. But here you go. That was that was my little bit of research, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what, uh, to what, what were your three names? Well, I haven't got any midfielders actually, although Ooh. that is a position that I want to improve on because I'm I'm struggling basically. But I've gone one of them. I've gone for James Hill at Fleetwood. I don't know if you know about this this kid. No, I don't. He's only 19. I've only seen him twice myself actually. But he's in the England under 21 squad. He's already played 43 games at 19 as centre half. Six foot, unlike his dad, who is Matt Hill. So, oh no way! Yeah, so maybe we've got some sort of uh, insides, you know. Maybe, maybe can uh, push us in. But a lot of clubs are after him. A lot of Premier League clubs, to be fair, mm. um, and a lot of Championship clubs. So probably a long shot, but I don't know. He's out of contract at the end of the season. Might be worth testing the water. Yeah, it's it is interesting. This to like the whole concept of. Um thinking of what kind of players we might be after in January because obviously we, we've blown up the original plan for this season which we, yeah. ne- we never managed to get into place of uh, yeah. having a defensive midfielder and, and wingers and or a, a front three or front four or whatever and it looks like we're going back to um, a form of the three five two. so it's yeah, I mean, are we going to sign any wingers now? Like we probably won't, will we? Like no, this is it. Yeah, before if you'd have done this. You know, when Slav was still in charge, it would have been probably three wingers I'd have been picking out here, to be honest. But, yeah, but, uh, yeah that's that's now presumably up in smoke. Um, I saw I, someone else that yesterday saying, like, oh, we need to be going for Sessignon, and I personally think those dreams are long, long, long gone. <laughs> yes, they, they were but dreams, I think. Um, mm. So one of the names that jumped out at me, uh, he plays for one of our, our nearest neighbours, Rotherham. Uh, mm. I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce his surname, but uh, I'm going to go with Bar Laser. Because it's a great name, okay. yeah, Daniel yeah, yeah. Barlaser. Well, it might be Barlaser. <clears throat> He's English with uh, Turkish heritage, I believe. Um, he is he is lighting up League One uh, as our Rotherham. It should be said. So it mm, may well yeah. be that his um, 
stats are being padded a little bit by playing in a very good team. And so, have you seen Rotherham's XG for and against? Yes, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> There's so much better than everybody else. Yeah. It's outrageous. That's what I mean. Anyway, uh, Bar Laser, 24 year old midfielder, he's got four goals and five assists already. Um, the reason the reason he actually jumped out at me was because I was looking at um, defensive stats among midfielders. Uh, I just looked under the age of 28 just to rule out any old fogies that we're probably not going to actually target. He is one of the top midfielders in League One for tackles, interceptions, and the least times dribbled past, as well as having those four goals and five assists. And he has the joint most amount of chances created per 90 minutes out of all midfielders in that league as well. So he's having a great season. We need another midfielder. I feel like, you know, if we're going into... um, uh, <clears throat> Wilder 2.0 rather than Slav Ball. We're probably mm. the time has probably come to start looking at the lower leagues again. To be honest, you know that was yeah. the um, <clears throat> I guess that was the thing with our transfer policy. You know, we got promoted to the Championship. We uh, picked off the best of of League One. Then we got to the Premier League. Theoretically, did the same for the Championship. Well, it's been mm. two or three years now since we've had that approach. Um, time to go back to League One, basically, and. Uh, pick up some of the best players from that. So, yeah, that's one of uh, one of my names anyway. How, what else have you got? And I can't believe I'm bringing up a left-back, considering we've got about 1,000. <laughs> but I still think it's a real problem position, to it be honest. It was true, think, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll come on to another question about Max Lowe later on, so maybe we don't have that problem. Personally, I'd still play Osborne there above Stevens, But I'm looking at Derby. Um, obviously, they're in dire straits, mm. and they're going to be losing a lot of players by the sounds of it whether it's for free at the end of the season or whatever, depending on if they're not even going to happen, we don't know. And one uh, left-back who was uh, linked with Celtic, and he's been compared to Kieran Tierney, is Lee Buchanan. Mm. Um, and the reason I mention him is because when I got the views on Bogle and Lowe, um, a lot of Derby fans were saying he were better than both of them. So I had a quick check when we when I got, well, obviously we got this question about, I wonder what Derby plays. And he comes up quite a lot. He's actually injured at this moment in time. But by all accounts, he's been one of their better players this season. Only 20 years old as well. Very nice. That always uh, always goes down well with me in a squad building perspective. Um, yeah. Uh, one other thing I did when <laughs> looking at this was uh, look through some Premier League teams that uh, have players on the fringes that aren't particularly featuring who might be realistic to pick up. Mm. Um, Villa have a couple who I've always kind of liked. Uh, Anwar El Ghazi is hardly featured yeah. this season. Good championship attacker. Not totally sure where he'd fit in our team if we're. Um... I looked at him and there was, this was the same problem I had. Where I thought, where's he fit in? The only thing I could think of was if the Gibbs White role, mm-hmm. if if he goes back, yeah. And then another one at Villa is Bertrand Traore, who actually mm. was brilliant last season. Um, uh, certainly towards the end of last season, I think it was. And uh, he's hardly featured for Villa this season. He's played a total mm. of fifty-three minutes in the league. He has not played for them since uh, the very start of October. He's not even been in the squad, actually. Uh, he's not injured either, according to, uh, according mm. to what I'm looking at. Um, surprising. I mean, I, I guess he'll be on his way somewhere in January. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure of realistic destination, but uh, a good player who is probably available. Um, Kieran Dowell has hardly played for Norwich either. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, known quantity, obviously, for uh, Heckingbottom and most of the other players didn't really impress me at Championship level. But it was no. what three seasons ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. hope he's uh, he's developed quite a bit. Um, not not really names to get the blood pumping there, but um, 
I feel like we've done the blood pumping signings in the last few years, yeah. and they've all turned out to be rubbish. Well, my my only other one was um, a goalkeeper because I do think we need one. Whether you think mm. Fodringham is, I'm going back to reserve keepers again. <laughs> uh, whether you think Fodringham's uh, the great, the the, the full on number one forever now or not, we can't be affording to have Olsen as a number two with the wages he's on. Yeah. So I think you you it was a good idea, to, I think, to look for a young goalkeeper and one that seems to be doing really well. Is, have you had a Jamie Cumming at Gillingham? Yes, I think so. Yeah, he... he's a, he's on loan at Chelsea, so they probably we probably won't get him. We might get him on a fifty-year loan. <laughs> uh, but he's only twenty, and he's made more saves per ninety minutes than any other shot stopper, uh, and the best success rate of saves as well in England's uh, in in League One. So nice. it's very similar to how Henderson stepped up, where he went from Shrewsbury in League One to us, and obviously that were a huge step up. Mm. And yeah, just just. Taking a look around, I think a young goalkeeper we can develop with, if we are going for like a longer-term thing, could be a good idea. Yeah, very nice. So you've you got a goalkeeper, a left-back, and a, what was your other Centre-half. Centre-half. Defend, right. defend, defend. <laughs> yeah, I just want more midfielders all the time. Um, I, th- I don't know what's going on with... Uh, with Reading this season, but is John Swift still going to be there in January? I think he might be attractive. This is where I've been uh, trying to be as realistic as possible. I think those signings for us are probably long gone, to be honest. How disappointing. Yeah. Um, let's move on to some some signings that, that never were, in fact. Harvey Hinkle mm. sent this one in. Your favourite Blades transfer rumour that never came to be. He says, e.g. fake Saudi striker, which I've... I don't actually know what that's referring to. Have you any idea who it's the Saudi striker? Yeah, not a clue. But uh, who who was your who was your favourite blade? Oh, he's not that guy who the prince said he wanted, is it? Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I barely remember that. Um, yeah. Who who was your favourite Blades transfer rumour that never came off? I've got two from the uh, the mid nineties under Howard Kendall when we were linked with Gascoigne and Babetto. I don't know if people remember Bebeto. this. We were linked with Bebeto. Whether this was just at my school, <laughs> I'm not sure. But there were definite rumours going around that, have you ever after Bebeto? Gascoigne was a definite one. There's an interview you can get on um, what I found in my uh, going back to the past research that I often do on uh, an old football focus where Kendall's talking about wanting to bring Gascoigne in. Huh. Um, this will just been after he left Rangers and went to Middlesbrough. So it sounds... Outrageous, but he did go to the championship. He did, yeah. And then what? Did Kendall end up managing him at Everton after that? He may well. I don't know if he'd have left by then. Actually, to be honest, I'm not yeah, sure. Maybe. That's a good one. But better. That's that's that's. Madness. I'm sure the better were linked. Better and Gascoy. <laughs> get him in. King Cladsy is another one, obviously. That's uh, yeah. Was... There you go. You, you've hit mine. King Georgie King Cladsy is definitely my favourite transfer room because I just yeah. I felt like that rumbled on for years and uh... literally about four managers worth it. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we apparently I, I did some uh, some quick googling and um, we I think we were in the process. I can't remember which manager it was now. I think it, I think it was Kendall actually was saying um, uh, or maybe it was Heath actually. Adrian Heath, uh, we had like a loan deal all set up basically, and it was going to be, mm. um, you know, really expensive loan deal. Uh, but he was going to be a signing to excite the fans, and uh, then it fell through for whatever reason. He joined Derby instead and ended up having, uh, I think, three or four seasons with them. But there's, there were all sorts of rumours about him. I mean, King Clancy had been phenomenal for um, for Man City, I know, mm. for years, and yeah. just a, oh, such a good player would have been a really exciting signing for sure. Um, we mentioned it on the when we did the I don't know what what game it was it might have been Adrian East's last game that we did where we covered the memorable matches thing and mm. he was in the program Keith talking about 
King Cladsey saying, well, you know, he's hopefully coming in soon. Never seen that in a manager's programme, though. I was talking about a player we haven't actually signed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, never got near him. There were also some rumours about him being, like, massively overweight, as in, like, mm. you know, he'd put on, like, six stone in wherever it was he was playing. Yeah. Wasn't he? But, no, that never happened. I, I think the... Uh, the greatest of all time is Lucas Pistolski, though. As, uh... That were fantastic. And Rebury, don't forget Rebury. <laughs> I don't even... I, I just have no idea where these came from. Pistolski seemed to have some actual like legs in terms of yeah. the, the complexity of the rumour. I'm sure some people were saying like his cousin was a Blades fan or something like that. It was true, true nonsense. But yeah, King Cladsey is, uh, is mine and Bebeto is yours. Very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, Ian Thomas has this question. He says, as the back three or five returns, would you bring Max Lowe uh, back from loan in January or leave Stevens and Norrington Davis in situ for left wing back, particularly if Stevens remains our preferred left mm. centre back cover for Davies? So, Max Lowe, get, it, get him back or uh, leave him where he is? What do you reckon? It's in, I'd be really interested in to see how... Because he's obviously doing really well at Forest. I think there was a stat today where he's made the second most crosses or something in the league. Oh, I can't remember what it was. But he's, it, I'd be really interested to see him back in a 3-5-2 where he's playing with a bit more confidence against worse sides. But if Forrest want him and that frees up room elsewhere for other positions that we probably need a little bit more, I'd let him go. But I'm happy to see him back in this in this system. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I'd just rather use the rest of the season to have a look at Norrington Davis as part of mm. a part of a proper three five two with it with a back yeah. three that um knows what it's doing rather than uh the the mishmash from earlier in the season where he was playing alongside Jack Robinson or a uh, a newly signed Ben Davis and God knows what was going on ahead of him. You know, we'd we'd change formation and teams so often in that first part of the season. Mm. Um I think the best case scenario with Lowe is probably he's like a, I don't know, a, a, an above average championship left back. He's on very high wages. So yeah, yeah. if we can convince Forrest or someone else to take him off our hands this season, then that's a win for me. So I, I, I'd leave him where he is. We, I, I don't see how he transforms this team, to be honest. And uh, I'd, I'd rather find out for sure what we have with Norrington Davis if, if he's someone who is a long-term player for us or if he's, you know, his, his ceiling is much lower than that. So yeah, leave, uh, leave low where he is, is my, uh, my opinion on that. Um, talking of players, uh, leaving from Ron justice says inevitable transfer question. Hecky has said on a few occasions about having loads of options at the top of the pitch and good players missing out. Realistically, which of the seven uh, with a question mark attackers will go hmm. this window? My money is on Burke and one other. Um, Burke, I'd be shocked if he was still here at the end. Of no, January. I think we'll do everything we can to get get him off the books. Whether anyone wants him is the is the problem, and that's the problem with all the strikers. To be fair, that we don't want. I think McBurney, McBurke, McBurney, and Burke for me seem the obvious two. The problem is the wages they're both on. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's going to take a pl- plunge, uh, plunge, plunge. <laughs> yes, McBurney feels really like he would be really hard to shift at this point. He's yeah, he's barely played this season. Uh, when he has played, he hasn't been that effective, to be honest. Not scored a goal for over a year now, as well. Yeah, <clears throat> I yeah, I, I don't really know if I would want him to leave in January. But I mean, I, I guess the point of the question is we have so many strikers. Uh, mm. One of them just won the Player of the Month in League One, of course, Dan yeah. Jefferson. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, we're only playing two at once, really. I mean, McGoldrick and Sharp the uh, the last few weeks. Uh, Brewster's mm. injury was worse than feared, we should say. Um, yeah, so he's, yeah. He's going to be out for a little while now, which is incredibly frustrating and um, and unlucky for him. So maybe that opens the door for McBurney to um, to get back into the team. Yeah, but... well, we're one injury away, I'd say, from McBurney starting. Um, yeah. If Sharp gets injured, I don't think we can realistically rely on Moose to be a, a starter week in, week out. Yeah. If we're not bringing Jefferson back, there's only really, I'm obviously not going to play Burke, there's only really McBurney who can yeah. be relied on to probably be fit enough to, to, to play three games in a week, for instance. Yeah, indeed. So it's, it probably will just be Burke, I think, out of the out of the strikers anyway. Unless you bring Jefferson back. Yeah, which could happen, I suppose, now we've got the change, change of manager. Yeah, might might make sense. I'd, I'd quite like to see that, to be honest, mm. um, have him around the first team. Uh, I think he's not, a, he's not a striker, he is an attacker. I think Luke Freeman will be gone in uh, January as well. Yeah. His yeah. uh, his contract is up at the end of the season. He's uh, he's definitely going on a free transfer to Hull or Peterborough or something. He can't even get on the bench or anything at the moment. Even Burke's been making the bench for a couple of games. Oh, good lord! Um, <laughs> uh, yes, you, you did. It. You answered that one, didn't you? Did, I didn't just yeah. talk for two minutes. Yeah, but, no, 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 Bernie uh, and Burke is the, the obvious two, but it's all about whether we can get him off the. the it wants them. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Uh, Tom Martinelli, we're talking players out of contract. So we'll do a speed speed through this one because we did a. So he says, out of all the players out of contract this at the end of this season, who do we keep slash let go? Now we did an entire podcast about three weeks yeah. ago on uh, which players we would keep to build around and which ones we would happily let go. So for mm. detailed answers on that, I recommend going back and listening to that one. It was about three or four episodes ago, I think. Um, but here's all the players who are out of contract at the end of this season as it stands. We have an option to give a, an extra year to most of these, but mm. uh, in, in terms of whether we do that or whether we wave bye-bye, uh, give me your uh, keep or let go rapid rapid fire style on the following. Lise Mousset. Get rid. Uh, go keep Mousset. I think he's, no, I think... get rid. I think he's not fit enough and his wages will be fairly high, I think. Fair enough. That's a, a discussion we will undoubtedly have further down the line. Uh, yeah. Ben Osborne. Keep. Yep, keep for me. Jack Robinson. Come on, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for wasting everybody's time with that one. Yep, cheery bye. Uh, McGoldrick. Um, keep. Yep, same for me. Chris Basham. Keep. Keep until he retires. Same here. Uh, yeah. Luke Freeman. Get rid. Yep, same. Billy Sharp. Keep. Until he retires, yep. And uh, Adling Guadiora. Uh, get rid. Yep, same same for me. So we, we diverge on Moussa. Uh What do, do I actually... Do, do, do things have changed since we did that uh, roster of uh, who we would like to keep and who we'd like to let go because of the change of manager. I think I said in the in that one that I would have let Basham go because we were playing four at the back and he weren't going to fit in. Mm-hmm. I think Basham now, he's de- I mean, he's not that old. I think if we're playing with the three... He's, it's a no-brainer to keep him now. Yeah, he's also fit AF Basham, isn't he? You know, he's, yeah, he's like yeah. Mister Fitness on all the you know the preseason training and stuff. He's like, <laughs> yeah, like a really niche uh, <laughs> Captain America reference, but I won't do that. He's, he's basically <laughs> just lapping everybody else while they're all sort of yeah, you know, yeah. out of breath running. Look, it will start fading. You, you can't you can only play so long and stuff. But the fact he's kept himself so fit obviously bodes well. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I said probably get rid of Bash because we were playing with a four and he didn't fit him. Now we're back to a three. I just think he's yeah, give him a contract now. Yeah, 
Absolutely, that's that's the feel good story, isn't it? That that's what mm. I want to see this Christmas. Actually, um, give me a give me a year extension, st- year extension on McGoldrick, Basham, and Sharp, and uh, and I'm a happy bunny. And uh, Ben Osborne mm. definitely deserves a new contract as well. Yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, just let's not go overboard with paying him more than he's worth. I suppose. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing with Ben Osborne. If we're gonna have a smaller squad, I've said this before. I won't mind keeping him because he can play a few positions, basically. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's one of the more likable players we've signed in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he posted something really well. What did he post yesterday? I I think I sent it to you. I can't remember where it was. Uh, You did, but I can't remember. I think it was... Was it not related to some... uh, Something COVID? (laughs) It might be, but it was great. It was a good opinion from him anyway. I think. I I do remember that. Right, let's let's move on from uh, from transfers and players coming and going now. Um, Tyrone James, another friend of the pod. Obviously, uh, it says favorite season supporting the blades from each of you, mm. please, and why? What would you go for here? There's two here that stick out for me, and it's really hard to. I would probably are too young to remember when we got up, when we went up, and Wednesday went down that season. I went into football at all then, so I think I have to go for either the triple assault season or the Wilder Championship promotion season. It's a difficult one because obviously we achieved something in the in the Wilder Championship promotion season, but in the Triple Assault season, we that was just a, an unbelievable journey in this in a different way. That you know we went to grounds and beat teams that we, you know, we we were just a nothing Championship club the the year before that, and we just suddenly transformed in in a season. I'll probably go with the Wilder Championship promotion season simply because we completed something in that. Yeah, that's fair. I, I've got triple assault as well, um, and I uh, I actually put the league. Well, I, I thought long and hard about this, but I think I enjoyed the League One promotion season more than the Championship season. Interesting, interesting. Um, I think the, the celebrations and the sense of achievement was greater from the Championship. You know, the, the story, if you like, of spending you know in year out, see year was was better, yeah, but. Yeah. I think, and, and I, w- I would take the League One promotion season over tr- over the Triple Assault 2002-2003 season just mm. just because we did achieve something, even though it yeah. was at, at a lower level. But we've gone through those six years of misery in League One. Suddenly, everything felt different. Uh, it was so enjoyable. All those players that went through redemption arcs that season, you know, Coots, mm. Basham, yeah. uh, Freeman, Sharp was the captain and banging in the goals. I mean, he still is today, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think all those away games where we took where we had like you know more away fans than home fans at teams like mm. uh, like Berry and uh, a couple of others in my mind has escaped. I think Rochdale maybe had more more away fans than home fans. I think why I preferred the championship thing. A lot of it is we. I don't think any of us really thought we were going to get automatic promotion mm. up until basically when Leeds lost at home to Wigan, probably. Yeah. Um, and we were underdogs all the way. I always remember Alan Brazil on TalkSport, um, and they were saying sort of to, I can't remember what it was now, so, uh, Steve Morrison, funnily enough, who's now managing Millwall, he was playing for, uh, he was managing Cardiff, should I say, he was playing for Millwall at the time, and they asked him, who's the best side you've uh, you've, you've played this season? And he was going, Sheffield United, yeah, but what about Leeds? Mm. So, no, Sheffield United, yeah, but Leeds were good as well. It's like, just, <laughs> you know, everyone seemed to be doing that. I remember, like, Paul Parker coming on talking about how we were regimented and, you know, 4 4 2 and all this. So, and no one knew a thing about us, and everyone just presumed Leeds were going to tip us, uh, pip us to promotion. Yeah. And everyone would be also, oh, what a manager. And then this 
scruffy Sheffielder came along <laughs> and sort of like just dragged this team of no opers, what I've been classed as no opers anyway, over the line. I just think that's an achievement that I'd be surprised if that happens again in the championship for many years, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, I can't argue that it's a better achievement. I'm just, for my own personal favourite mm. season, I think that's the only year where I've seen us just be so much better than everyone else. And it was amazing. We got 100 yeah. points and we won like, yeah, yeah. You know, what did we do? We lost in the start of February and then I think we only drew once more for the rest of the season. Like we won every other game. And I think the only difference I'd say with that, the bit I didn't enjoy as much is that when we. Uh, clinch promotion at Northampton. Fantastic scenes and all this sort of stuff. And then we won the title. I can't help. I, I know we weren't playing when we clinch, clinch promotion to in the Premier League, but the Leeds thing and all this sort of happening and that weekend, the whole weekend of the Ipswich game, I thought yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, no, I absolutely was. I think over for one one season, I'd still. Yeah, yeah I, I'd. I would quite like to live through that League One promotion season. Again. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. the the Championship one. Yeah. Bigger achievement, better story. But uh... I suppose the League One thing, it, it's the only time possibly since I've been supporting United where you're just that much better than everyone else that you're playing. Mm-hmm. It, it almost like being a Celtic or Rangers fan yeah. <laughs> when they dominate the leagues. We were that much better. I know. And uh, that doesn't, you know, that does not happened for me supporting United before. So it was, it was quite novel, you know. <laughs> we've, mm-hmm. like, we've been rubbish for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah now yeah, we're just yeah. destroying everyone and it's absolutely yeah. amazing. Um on a, on a related note, Joe Glover asks, uh, and this is a great question, I think, do you think this current squad is on paper stronger than the Wilder Championship promotion squad? Emphasis on paper there. This is a really tough question, I think, or or is it? What, what do you reckon? This is really, really difficult, and I can't... I'm going to go for no, because I think the players have aged with us and they just aren't as good as they were. I think Stevens, Norwood, Fleck, they've all shown glimpses this season, but they're obviously players on the way down, whereas before they were players on the way up. I think if you put the first 18 of that season against this season, that season was far more balanced as well. Mm. I think we had a pretty much an option. They might have not been the best players, but for instance, have McBurney and Birkin until recently Brewster... The, the, we, we, people talk about this firepower that we have, and Moose is another one, but they haven't got close to the impact that Gary Medine and Leon Clark did, which I think we had options there. We had a different, we had we could bring Medine on for the long ball thing. We could, you know, we had uh, Kieran Dowell and Duffy sort of, or if we wanted to go in a in a flatter three, we saw Coots there or Basham into midfield, Martin Crane, you know, we had. Um, and Stevens could move on across the into the centre half position. So I just felt we were more balanced. Yeah, I, I mean, but it's I, difficult. It is difficult. I would side with Wilder's squad. I think uh, the Championship mm. Promotion squad over this one. Uh, I mean, starting from the back, Henderson is better than any of our current keepers. I don't think that's up for debate. He's, he's arguably better than Ramsdale still, although Ramsdale's obviously making a a bit of a push ahead of him in the uh, the England. Uh, goalkeeping order anyway um yeah the best players that we have now uh, it, it, the best players in our current squad right now uh were all younger and arguably better uh, mm. two years ago or three years ago rather than they are now um i do think this squad has does have more depth it's just not great depth i mean mm. if you look at the if you look at the midfield in uh in 2018 19 Beyond Fleck, Norwood and Duffy, it was uh, an ineffective Lundstrom who 
I think most would have been fine with him leaving that summer. It was before he became. You know, I completely forgot about Lundstrom being in that team. In that squad, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we barely featured. We we were so. The reason we got promoted isn't because nobody had a serious injury, but we were quite fortunate with injuries that season. Mm. So you yeah. got Lundstrom, you got a physically compromised Coots. You know, he he was not the player he was pre-injury. No. Um, no. Kind of as shown by the rest of his career, I suppose. Marvin Johnson and uh, and Kieran Dowell from January, and he he played his best games at left wing back, I think. So, yeah, I do think we have more choice in midfield at the moment, but I, you yeah, know, we've yeah. talked at length about how it's not great choice, to be honest. Um, I mean, on the other end, you could say I'd say Bogle's better than Freeman, for instance. Um, possibly, maybe. I, I, I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, he's younger, obviously. He yeah, probably Michael, is. He probably yeah. is. But I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. That's not the most convinced I'd be. In, in I'd say Norrington Davis or Osborne are better than Marvin Johnson. Well, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I think Stevens filled in at left centre out. Stearman was a really good replacement for it. I don't think we've got anyone like Stearman. If Egan no. gets injured now, I don't really know what happens. Yeah, or I mean, or Craney to be honest, as a as a dependable yeah. defender that you could play in, you know, up to four positions basically across the back. Yeah, and th- this is what I don't think we've got. He's, we've got more firepower on the in terms of players and, like you said, more midfielders and things like that. I just don't think it's very balanced. I think. I don't, you know, we we really. I saw like obviously Eckenbottom said his first. Uh, he wants to, his main priority is the centre half, and people saying, "Oh, why?" But you, if Basham and or any of the three get injured, what what's going to happen? Yeah, or uh, you know, Ben Davis isn't probably isn't going to be here. Well, he might be here next season. We might sign him, but uh, yeah, who knows? Um, on on paper, our attack is better now than it was in eighteen nineteen, but mm. in practice. You know, it is. It, I feel kind of harsh saying this, but is McBurney better than 2019 Gary Medine? Like, and don't... Billy Sharp and McGoldrick were our main two strikers that season, and they're still doing really well for us. They're still our main two strikers this season. Yeah, you'd have thought they were better then, simply by being younger. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, <laughs> you know, is is Brewster better than Scott Hogan? In reality, like. It's, I, it, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but Hogan's certainly got a better championship record. I know Bruce did well for that short period at Swansea, but yeah, Ollie Burke is is worse than Connor Washington. Exactly, yeah. Who, who was also up for League One Player of the Month last season? I yeah, think. yeah, so, yeah. On paper, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a, a feisty attack compared to 2018-19. But um, and then you've got Moose, I suppose, comparing uh, comparing him with Leon. Yeah, would say is more. It's obviously uh, better. Also, but yeah, he's <laughs> very better. available. He's more, and it, yeah, but Leon was fit sometimes. <laughs> uh, so I think we're both we're both going wilder there, right? Let's yeah. uh, let's get niche now, and I'm looking mm. forward to this. Uh, who was it? Uh, Z Boy asked this one. Give the masses the answer to the question all Blades fans want answering. Who is Roy's favorite ever Blades reserve keeper? And if you have a top ten reserve keeper, that is even better. Do you have a top ten? Or... I've done a ten. I've done oh, a ten. Wow. I might have missed people out here, so people tweet in if I've missed. I'll go in order. So if you uh, ten, Matt Duke. Yeah, Matt Duke stuck. He was. Uh, uh, was he like went, coach for us as well for a bit? I think he was the coach for us, and he went to college when I was there. That's it. That's the only reason he gets what in there. Guy. Number nine, Sal Bibbo. Sal Bibbo. Just for the name. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. 
Number eight, Wilco Devote. Yes, Wilco. Get in. He's yeah. going to get a mention later on as well. Uh, number seven, Phil Kite. Yeah, always a great surname, Phil Kite. Yeah. Number six, Aidan Davidson. Oh, yeah. Uh, number five, Andy Gorham. Is he a reserve oh. keeper? I might query that one. I we I thought he was on loan, but I've looked into it, and according to the sites anyway, because I weren't going to have him in, he actually signed permanently, but... Hmm. Well, I suppose, yeah, there's probably some joke about how the other Andy Gorham can be uh, reserved yeah. player. Anyway. And this is another one where this is a bit... Alan Fettis at number four, which I'm not sure if he signed full-time either. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, number three, Billy Mercer, which is mainly not to do with him playing for us, but I always remember him in the semi-final with Chesterfield after he left us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then the top two by quite a distance. Number two, Ian Bennett. Mm, yes, he was good. And number one... Mel Reese because he wouldn't he was third choice really behind Tracy and Kelly and he were brought in basically on an emergency deal mm. because we had no goalkeeper. So I still think you can have him as a as a reserve goalkeeper because he he was brought in as that. He there's an interview with him actually after his debut where he says, I know that, you know, I'm not gonna be first choice but I'm just gonna do what I can and stuff. So what a signing. Brilliant stuff. You two names you made no Gary Kelly? He, didn't he only played one game, didn't he, Gary Kelly? That's and, the ultimate um, reserve keeper, then. That is the ultimate <laughs> reserve keeper. Gary Kelly missed out. There's another one who I've... Who I Phil Barnes was the name I Phil Barnes, down. that was it, because he made a mistake in a League Cup game that I saw him against. So. <laughs> I feel like Phil Barnes was here forever and just yeah. never actually Under played a league yeah. yeah, he was just... Yeah, the... I could have had Paul Gerrard, but he were awful. Yeah, maybe Phil Barnes is the reason Warnock stopped having a sub-goalkeeper. It's like, what even is the point? Kevin <laughs> Phil Barnes. Oh, my God. For one game. Honestly, it's true. Hello, BladesPod listeners. Just a quick break to tell you about NordPass. Now, security and speed are two of the things I prioritize when I'm online. That is why I'm using NordPass as my password manager. It is brought to you by the cyber security experts who built NordVPN, and it's used by more than 14 million people worldwide. So NordPass is everything I'm looking for in a password manager. It stores all my passwords in one place. They're all accessible with a single master password. It can help generate new and ultra-secure passwords at the click of a button. NordPass's autofill feature also helps me log in much more quickly to whatever site or account I'm using. Basically, NordPass boosts my online security, makes using the internet easier. That's a pretty good combination for me. Uh, NordPass are offering a great deal this month for BladesPod listeners. You get up to 70% off NordPass if you sign up at nordpass.com slash bladespod or use the promo code bladespod when you do sign up so that's up to 70% off plus an additional month absolutely free head to nordpass.com slash bladespod now and boost your own online security thank you very much now back to the podcast well we've done a top 10 let's do an 11 and and this Mm -hmm. this is quite timely because you and i had a a separate discussion about this this is from thomas carter and uh, he says, Blades Overseas 11. So pick your Blades Overseas 11. There's one or two genuine stars in our history, but mainly a sea of one-season wonders yeah. and mediocrity. And you can say that again, Thomas. Mm. Uh, we'll give you a lot to mull over anyway. We were having a conversation about who was our last successful foreign player. And for the purposes of this, non-UK and Irish is what we're doing here. Um, and we have to go back quite a long way for a, a successful foreign player at United. Uh, yeah. And he will be included in this, I think. Um, 
Do you want to, you give me your team and then uh, I'll I'll give you mine. But I think you've you've hamstrung yourself. I mean, it's even harder for mm. yourself, haven't you? I try to pick one nation per player, and one it's a squad of eighteen. Player. So you can so only you have to... one Norwegian, for example. In yeah, the whole that's squad. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you want me to go, go through the first the, the whole the whole thing? Yeah, give me the whole eleven. Alan Kelly, Republic of Ireland. Oh, so you are inc- you're including Ireland, are you? Okay. Just Republic of Ireland because they're not British. They're, they're very they're very strict about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I've gone for non UK or Irish, but okay. Fair enough, fair enough. So I've cheated there. Uh, Sun GI, yeah, China. That's good. I like uh, it. National Jean Francois, Haiti. Yikes. We're already yeah. plumbing the depths here, aren't we? Yeah, Sean Murphy, Australia. Yep. Michael Vonk, Holland. Mm-hmm. Tridelas, Greece. Okay, so Pete. is that five defenders? Well, I'm having Delas in his in a central midfield partnership ah, okay. with, George, with George Santos of uh, Cape Verde. Oh, very good. And then my wingers are going to be Peter Unloves in Barbwe mm-hmm. and Colin Kazim Richards nice. at Turkey. And then my front three. Does that make sense? I've only got two centre. I'm not playing with a left back. I've just realised, but you know, left back. Uh, Fra- oh no, Francois. Yeah, hang on. I've got too many players. I've got too many players. I've got too many players. I'm gonna have to make a quick <laughs> sub at the last minute here. Right, okay. my two strikers are gonna be Paul Pesky Salido of Canada and Yanago Fjortoft of Norway. Very good. That's that... Do you want my subs? Yeah, I'd love your subs, please. Uh, number twelve. Uh, substitute um, Claude Davis, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Mikel Aluso, Estonia, goalkeeper. Uh, is it Axalo, is it or something? Axalo, yeah. Yeah, I don't I know. remember him. Uh, Jonas Wamola, Sweden. Yep. Florent Colivier, Belgium. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Lise Mousse, France. Yep. Marcelo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Patrick Sufo, Cameroon. Manager, Slavisha Jakanovic by default. Default, <laughs> yeah. Um... There's not been many good foreign players for United, have they? Or at least ones. I mean, even like Delas. Yeah. I mean, he was he was good, but he obviously wasn't the uh, champion no. European Championship winning player that he went on to become. Um, yeah, Alex Sabella's obviously one that I can't have and you can't because obviously we've we never saw him play. He's the standout, I imagine. See, I, I have put Sabella in just because everyone mm. says he's amazing, but obviously I never saw him play for us. So he, he yeah. is in my team. Uh, I haven't limited myself for um, by nations. Mm. Uh, I think Robin Olsen is probably our best foreign goalkeeper, isn't he? <laughs> Which is unbelievable, <clears> really. I think of this, actually, because you can't have... Mm. If someone yeah. can think of a better uh, overseas keeper than Robin Olsen, let me know. Uh, maybe. Right. Uh, I've, I've gone for a, I've gone for a vague four-three-three. Uh, I haven't right. really, I haven't really thought about the formation that much, to be honest. Vasbobakis of Greece, yes, who I think was our last good foreign player, by the way, who played for us in ninety-eight, ninety-nine. I think, I think was mm. sold in ninety-nine. Uh, Sean Murphy for Australia, as you said. Claude Davis, I'd start him in my team, uh, oh. and, and Delas as well. So. Yeah. Three big lads and Vasper Bokis. Uh, Jost Einflo in midfield. I don't think you mentioned him. Mm, uh, no. Sabella. Paul Eiffel had start as well in midfield. Did you say, do you have Eiffel in your team? I forgot all about Eiffel. That's a good one, that. It's, yeah, Barbados uh, International. Barbados, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then a front three. I'd have Colin Kazim Richards, as you had, Marcelo and Fjortoft. It's not not bad. But Can I have a Pesca Salido, then? 
Uh, it's on the bench. Super sub, isn't oh, it? Well, super sub, that's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah my bench, uh, most of the names you said, a few others. I'd have Wilco Devote as my, uh, yeah. my subkeeper. Narde. Narde, yeah, yeah. I went uh, for Moose above Narde. Yeah, I've got, I've got both of them. I've probably picked too many subs, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> Roger Nielsen, even though I don't particularly like him, he's probably <laughs> probably our best. I, I'd take Nielsen over uh, Francois as my overseas yeah, left yeah, Sanderberg, come on. He should be yeah. in the squad. You know, I, you know I love Sanderberg. But there you go. It's <laughs> it's not a great history of foreign players. Never buy you know. foreign again. No, ever again. UK and Ireland only. Um, what shall we answer next? We're, we're going to move along a bit more quickly now. Uh, Trey the Blade. What is our best midfield pairing when Fleckenberg are fit? Now our style has changed again. Who would you put together? We can answer that one quite quickly, I think. What do you reckon? Probably Berger, Gibbs, White and Norwood, I think. Yeah, that's that's exactly it for me. I'd, li- I'd like to see Berger and Norwood together behind Gibbs, White if we're going to play yeah. this... Um, if we're going to play this former three-five-two that's got Gibbs White in an attacking position, then mm. have have Berger next to Norwood, and that be your two. Well, it means Norwood would have less defensive responsibility, I think, and Berger, in theory, would help transition the ball up the pitch. You know, yeah, he can dribble, yeah. he can drive with it. Yeah, I, I want to see that um, on Monday, ideally at Fulham, or whenever we next play a game. Um, ben Better Know, great Twitter name. If you were to make a Frankenstein's monster of the best attributes of all our strikers, yeah. what would they be and how good would they potentially be? So I've proposed Moussa speed. I've got this difference. I've tried to have one sort of attribute for each of our strikers. So I've gone Burke speed because that's the only thing he's got. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I, I actually uh, I only have four players in my Frankenstein's okay. The rest I've just chucked in the bin, I suppose. Uh, McGoldrick's skill, Billy yeah. Sharp's brain, and Brewster's... Yeah, movement, same sort of thing, yeah. Brewster's age? <laughs> I've gone Brewster's hard shot. <laughs> um, so that's that's my player. Um, as to how good they would potentially be, well, I don't think they'd be playing in the championship, put it like that. No, if you no. put Billy Sharp's brain on any uh, any 20-year-old striker, they're With probably pace. playing... Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's going to be a pretty good. Yeah, package. I've got sharp movement, did technique, Burke pace, Moose finishing. So I think he's a good finisher, Moose. Mm. Um, Bruce the hard shot and McBurnie beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was going to try and crowbar McBurnie and Burke sort of dress sense into yeah. this, I suppose. But yeah, banter <laughs> <laughs> might well be. Um, Jamie says, "Who do you think is the next youngster to break through?" Um, I assume we're not allowing players like Njai, obviously, and Jefferson's mm. a bit of a cheat answer. If I had to guess, uh, it would be Laparta, just because we're, yeah, yeah. we're finally sort of settled in defence, and he would, you know, if he came into the team, he would have one or two senior pros in um, Basham and or Egan next to him to kind of coach Yeah, him I think so. he's definitely, by, almost by default, the one who's probably going to come in next, simply because we've, we're really short in that area, as I said earlier. Yeah. Uh, Harrison I mean, Neal's got good reviews. Is it Kettering though, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a, Mind it's you, a big I suppose step that's, that's not really that different to South End, is it? No, no, no. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him um, when his loan's up. If he uh, if he stays with the squad or um, goes out on loan to a to a league team, I yeah, my hunch is he probably stays with the with the squad now. I think if he comes mm. back, um, yeah, Bottom yeah. obviously knows him well. There was a lot of emphasis on. Uh, 
you know, bringing the youth through, bringing the youth. So yeah, that that would be my guess. Is it the same for you? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I think like I said, I, just, I think he's obviously the the, the next one, and I to 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 be given a chance anyway. But it's hard to know because you know, enjoy. I know he had rave reviews and stuff, but he sort of went off the scene, and all of a sudden he's straight into the first team. So it's difficult to, to know who's going to come in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Could be somebody. Uh... Jebison was another one. Jebison, we we played at Hackford before him, didn't we? In the, in the mm-hmm. Premier League, and then he just sort of burst into the team. And yeah, we might even have had uh, Frankie Maguire on the bench. Yeah, that's right, time. Frankie Maguire, another one. Yeah. Yeah, so Brunt uh, seems to have been in Brunt must be like thirty five now. He seems to be around <laughs> for ages. <laughs> Brunt and Jake Eastwood were signed at the same time, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I like this one. Jordan Patterson. Most underrated kits, one mm. that should get more love than they do. Um obviously very subjective, so uh who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll say something that's actually uh quite highly rated. But um for me the yellow and purple away kit. Yes. From 96, 97. I've got 94, 95, but you might be right. I said 94, 95-ish, but you might be right. Purple and yellow, you said? Yeah. Yeah, We're we're thinking of the same kit. Yeah, Yeah, with the middle. It's like purple one side, yellow the other. Yeah, I I just think that's a beautiful shirt that you don't see. I don't see many of those around the ground, um, to be honest. Um, I think that season, 96, 97... Uh, that has the best one-two punch of yes. home kit, away kit. Yeah. Um, wads on front. <laughs> wads, yeah. Of, yeah. of my time supporting United, anyway. So it's the yeah perfection of a home kit, that one. My favourite ever kit is the white away one in the early 90s. Laver one. Oh, yeah, with the red collar. Third shirt. Uh, just pure white. That's really nice. I think it has. I think it had a red collar. I, does, I had a. Yeah. I didn't have the kit itself. I had a badge of it. <laughs> oh, lovely! Yeah, I've, I've got some kits open here actually. Um, so it probably doesn't work perfectly in podcast format, but uh, mm. there we go. Um, yeah, the the one the I think it was a third kit from a couple of seasons before that, or maybe it was an away kit and became a third kit. But the sort of purple one with the light. It was like a dark yeah, blue with like a purple yeah. and green sash. Yeah, I know which one you mean. Yeah. I was a um, big fan of that one as well. Um, and then for home shirts, I'd say that the 0607 um, Capital One home shirt, so the Premier League shirt under Warnock. Yeah, that, that were a decent one, yeah. Um... Best best home kit of the last 20 years, in my opinion. Wow, yeah, that's, that is a... Like you say, I think we peaked at Wards. Um, I didn't yeah. mind that blue away kit, by the way. Do you know with the purple thing going across it? People don't seem to like that one that much. Which which year was uh, that? Ninety four, something like that. I think we got relegated. Is probably why people don't like it. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Is that another one I'm thinking of that I'm talking about with the sachet, like a diagonal stripe? Oh, we're talking about different kits. Oh. We're talking about different kits. I'm talking about the half and half purple and. Yeah, uh, that's on here as well. But I also like the one you just mentioned with the sachet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, excellent. Um... What else have we got here? Uh, in terms of a serious question, says Tom Hardy, not the actor. If Well, it could be the actor, I suppose. If we were to get promoted to the Premier League again, either by A, gradual improvement over a period of years in the Championship, like in 2006, or B, hitting rock bottom in League One and then rocketing through the leagues in 1719, what would you pick? So basically, if we're going to get promoted again, would you rather it be... Warnock style it takes a few years of gradual improvement 
or Wilder, we bottom out and just go bananas for the next three years, fairy tale. Wilder, my um, absolute mile, and I like the idea of Wednesday fans being just as confused as last time. It's like, <laughs> how, how's this happened? Are we still in the championship? <laughs> I think I like the gradual improvement. You know, I'm going to do. Did you really? Oh, yeah, give me the misery. Give me the misery and let's well, ride I've, I've had enough misery. I don't <laughs> need more misery. I, I you know, I, I get that the the highs become higher with the lows, but I feel like I've had the lows. I just, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still due a little bit of a, a I've got a debt to be repaid on yeah. the highs. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, give me give me mid table this season, playoffs next season. Maybe we get promoted and then uh, stomp the league a couple of years after that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I go for. LJD says, are we in a new manager spike or is Hecky our long-term saviour or is it too early to say? What do you think? It's too early. It's too early, isn't it? I think everybody knows that it's way too early. Um, he's won, what, two games out of two? Great yeah. start. I think it's a bit early to be sort of getting the statues out. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, we're on a nice run of fixtures as well. Um, yes. Which, which includes well, we're not the... next. If... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it includes the final game of your Canavich's time here, obviously. Um, I, I will say that a lot of the XG stats suggest that we should be doing a lot better than uh, mm. the sort of lower mid-table that we were in for all but the last few weeks. So it's, it's very possible that we were going to creep up the league over these few weeks anyway, regardless of who the manager was. Um, I, I guess colours to the mast. I I have major doubts about Heckingbottom being the long-term saviour, to use um, LJD's phrase there. But, yeah, yeah. but hey, you know, like you said, so far so good. It could could not have gone better in those first two games. And uh, yeah. yeah, long, long may it continue. Um, last non-quickfire question, although we'll try and answer it quickly. James Cheetham, I think it's Cheetham or Cheetham. Sorry, James, I should know that. Um, who would you invite to a Sheffield United dinner party? And I suggested we'd limit this to four people and it can be Anyone with a United connection, so a fan, a player, a celebrity, an ex-manager, or uh, or whatever. Who who have you gone for? McKay Wilder, Abdullah, <laughs> and, oh. uh, and Bobby Knott, just to lighten the mood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've we've actually gone down a similar a similar line of thinking. I've I've a hundred percent McCabe and Prince Abdullah. Yeah, and, uh, and sat opposite each other. silence. That that'd be good for all the social distancing and stuff as well. Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, my other two, I would have Kevin Blackwell, and then whichever mm. of the under the cosh guests hates him the most. Paddy, is it Paddy Brilliant. Kenny or Paddy Kenny? I don't think Paddy Kenny hates him. Clark Carlisle, but he didn't play for us. So Matt Kilgallen, didn't he have a lot? Kil- I think Matt Kilgallen's the only one who actually said he were all right. But yeah, I mean, you could it was just any player that he's ever. Lee Andrew didn't like him. Lee Andrew, that'll do. So yeah. basically, four people who uh, Lee Andrew's there recently, by the way. It's not great, is it? It looks like Sue Smith. It does anyway. look like Sue Smith. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I would want the uh, just a, as an awkward a, a quad of people as possible, and I'd just make everyone play hilarious party games and just sort of sit there cackling to myself while they have a really awkward evening. I don't know why that's my solution to this, but <laughs> it probably says more about me than anything else. But yeah, McCabe and Prince Abdullah are the same dinner party. Sign me yeah, up for that. you get imagine the, that. Uh, They're fantastic, were not they? Yeah, get, get the drinks flowing. It'd be great. I was trying to, I, I was going to have Warnock on here, but... Um... I, my first thing were Warnock, but I don't know if after... I don't know. 
It just, I think it just be him writing a few wrongs. That <laughs> old <laughs> <Yeah>. dinner. <laughs> Warnock and Graham Paul would be quite interested, I suppose. I don't know if you could say Paul has a United connection, but he's ruined a lot of our days. So maybe it's true. Yeah. All right. Last few questions. We're going quick fire now. Uh, this, some of these get a little bit off the wall, so uh, bear with us. Uh, Ad Follett, another friend of the pod. Uh, when you say your goodbyes at the end of Blaze Pod, do you leave the Zoom call there and then, or do you do some real off off air real goodbyes? Sorry if this will ruin the magic for anyone. It just sounds so genuine. I think that just don't shows... tell them. Don't tell them, Pike. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just shows what great actors we are. Because uh, yeah, yeah, we usually end up having a a chin wag when we're finished. Yeah, don't we? slag um... all you lot off. Well, this is <laughs> uh, I had an anxiety dream a few weeks ago that I'd left in a load of stuff about me moaning about certain people <laughs> I was listening, this is my dream i was listening back to the podcast and i was like oh no everyone can hear what i really think <laughs> yeah 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 we just like yeah let off steam about every other single twitter poster and podcast and that. i'm only joking or am i <laughs> we'll never know eggy only one question that really matters this time of year yorkshire pudding on your christmas dinner yes or no uh, absolutely i think if you're not having yorkshire pudding on your christmas dinner then you know you're not welcome to my house that is a fact <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't need an excuse to have Yorkshire pudding with a with a you know a, a, a Sunday roast type meal. Well, my mum normally does as a a plate of pudding first, oh, and right. then, was, then the was dinner like a starter as a starter. Only 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 Christmas Day. This is yeah. yeah. So, but, but do, yeah. do you just have it with I mean, gravy or what? Yeah, with gravy and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Onion inside obviously makes it itself, and then. Normally, unfortunately, I'm that drunk from the pub because I don't really go to the pub Christmas Day. Probably won't be doing it this year. But um, I don't appreciate it as much as I should. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, JP, what is the origin or backstory of Andrew's Roy and Panchero Twitter handle? You got a quick Um, answer for that one? Yeah, I... Basically, I was when I joined Blades Mad, I was listening to a song called Roy G. Biv by Boards of Canada. And I didn't think I was going to stay on there long. I just went on there. And I, that's, I just called myself Roy Biv because of that. And then everyone, I started doing the view forms and everyone knew me as Roy. So I just kept the Roy thing. Panchero, he's just me and Liam, who, does, who we're doing the Maidley podcast with. We wrote a sitcom once, um, which has not been on your screens. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and one of the characters had an alter ego called Panchero. So that were it. And then out now, all I get is people saying, you're served, because Panchero's a restaurant in America. And I just get loads of people saying, disgusting service from Panchero tonight. Um, You know, we were waiting 45 minutes for an order. And I'm a terrible man. I always respond saying, you get what you're given, shut up. (laughs) As if I'm like... So they probably lost the business because of me. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Another Roy-related question from Connor. Uh, Who are the best fans to have to get views from? It can be for any reason. Um, Spurs are always hilarious. I love going on Spurs. They're always in a bad mood. (laughs) Spurs fans. Uh, Wednesday fans are the most. I've enjoyed it when we beat them 4-2. Mm. Um, all the pre-season predictions I absolutely love doing the Wednesday pre-season prediction ones as well Norwich always good for a bit of bitterness as well especially when we're, uh, the, the Premier League season the most level-headed ones Bristol Rovers always always, always good fans Bristol Rovers fans mm, very nice Millwall 
good before all the racism. Millwall were good before they got rid of uh, yeah many many uh, <laughs> many posters for uh, for varying degrees of racism. But before that, it were it was it was at least um, yeah we're quite an active forum, whereas it isn't now at all. So. Yeah. How how unusual. Um, probably just got time for one more. I think this is from uh, the other question from Tom Hardy. Uh, snog, marry, avoid. Shoreham View, Tufty Club, and Sheffield United Way. The floor is yours. <laughs> I'll snog Shoreham View. I've thought about this quite long and hard. Um, he likes a few drinks, Johnny, um, and I reckon it'd be a proper raw, a proper night of passion. And then massive regrets the day after knowing Johnny. Um, uh, for what I think I know, of Johnny. Anyway, so I'll snog him. Marry Sheffield United away because they've got lots of gossip, and I'm a bit like Norris from Coronation Street, and I like a bit of gossip. And I think they'd be nice chaps to bring home to your mum. Yeah, I'm gonna honest. say, yeah. They, no offense to the other the other people on here, but they they seem like the probably some of the nicest chaps on the internet. Is how yeah, I yeah. Them. I imagine bringing you know Nick and Hal home and saying, look, what you're going out with both of them? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, got <laughs> it's the 21st century. Get with it and avoid Tufty Club. And I get the feeling I'm not I'm not I'm not ashamed to say this. Or I don't feel guilty about putting them in a void because I imagine they wouldn't want the attention. <laughs> they strike yes. me as people. I mean, dead bat is Morrissey, not not in a racist <laughs> way, but he hates people. So I'm guessing dead bat doesn't want people around him in the same yeah. way that Morrissey doesn't want people around him. And Webster looks about looks like about six million different people. So you probably forget who you're married to. So. <laughs> He could be having an affair, send Ed Miliband in his place, and you'd have no idea. So yeah, I'm going to avoid that for for that reason. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say that you you kind of get the impression impression they'd be happy to avoid you as well. So it's yeah. Oh yeah, I've got I definitely get that impression. Yeah, I think mutually um, mutually assured avoidance. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, like I say, Dead Bat is Sheffield United's version of Morrissey. So I think <laughs> Morrissey's renowned. He, he's he's not. You know, we don't like big parties and stuff like that, and he don't he don't like people getting too close. And stuff so I have, yeah I think I'm doing them a favour more than I'm doing myself a favour very nice uh, I'm bowing to your uh, <laughs> in-depth thinking and reasoning on that one that was a great answer and a great place to finish um, that was fun thanks so much to everyone who, uh, who sent in those those questions the the serious ones the not so serious ones the in-depth ones the quick fire ones really appreciate that um, yeah it's been a, a good few months I think since we did a, a listener podcast like that one so uh yeah thank you to everyone um what what do you want to plug mate presumably we'll be back uh all being well we'll be back next week talking yeah. about the uh the fulham game but uh what to plug in the meanwhile well if anyone wants to read the pre-match view from qpr then they're idiots because <laughs> <laughs> it never happened uh so i've got uh i'm going to do the fulham i'll probably get the fulham view up saturday sunday pre-match and we've got an episode of mainly that which is all about blanche hunt from Coronation Street, <laughs> which is uh, actually a lot funnier than you might think. It's one of one of the favourite ones that we've done in terms of the clips that we found. So, oh, very nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm a few episodes behind. Actually, I'm still catching up after mm. uh, after my self isolation. Meant I we are going to be doing a Christmas special. We're hoping to get that out before Christmas Day, where we're going to do um, Top of the Pops Christmas Day 1996. Um, mm. So hopefully, you can you know listen listen to that uh, on Christmas Day instead of listening oh, to your family. But- with the whole family. Protect the Let's... NHS, listen to Living Madeley at home on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Nicely done. Right, let's let's do our manufactured goodbye and then we'll continue yeah. talking after we've uh, after we've finished. Um, so yeah, thanks uh, thanks everyone for listening. You can follow Andrew uh, at Panchero on Twitter. Living with Madeley is of course the podcast. 
you follow me at Blades Pod. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. I think thanks to everyone for listening uh, and for all your questions. Hope um, yeah, sorry for anyone we didn't get to, but uh, maybe we will get to them in a future episode. So just uh, just we'll sit on those for uh, for next time. Um, and thanks to you, mate, for for putting in the uh, the, the thinking time for a lot of these questions. Okay. And uh, yeah, really appreciate it. And uh, I'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, bud. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Andrew, of course. And thank you very much to NordVPN, the sponsor of this podcast. They encrypt my traffic on web and mobile, which means I never have to worry about unsecure websites or apps, which is great for me if I'm working on the move. Also makes it incredibly easy to switch my virtual location. Takes just a single click, meaning I can access uh, streaming platforms that are not available in the UK, like Hulu, like Netflix overseas. If you are an online person and you watch football online occasionally, you can probably uh, tell the kind of benefits that being able to do that uh, brings to you, I suppose. But yes, NordVPN makes it very, very easy to do that indeed. Um, NordVPN are offering a special discount for BlazePod listeners. All you need to do is head to nordvpn.com slash blazepod or use the code blazepod when you sign up and you'll get 73% off your two-year plan plus a bonus month absolutely free. Be quick, this is a limited time offer. Head to nordvpn.com slash bladespod now and get your discount on NordVPN. That is it for this week. Thank you so much. We will be back next week, hopefully talking about an actual game of football the Blades had played. But uh, take care of yourselves. We will be back. Thanks again.